Welcome to Travel First with Alex First. Sadly, day eight in Moscow would be our last full day in this awesome city, which we found much more modern and attractive than my wife and I had anticipated. The sights, the sounds and the tastes of the city of 13 million people have really impressed us. Many dress so elegantly. The food is terrific, varied, plentiful and inexpensive. The architecture of so many of the buildings is mighty special. And the speed and efficiency of the Metro Underground is simply superb. Boy, do those trains thunder along from station to station. Another reason to be sad for leaving is because we were exiting our very comfortable and opulent digs at the Sheraton Palace Hotel. This superb five-star hotel has it all, just a few hundred metres from the nearest metro station. Not only was the room beautifully appointed, but their breakfast was a meal fit for a king or queen. The staff to a person were faultless. The concierge, who we relied upon quite heavily for advice on getting from place to place, was extremely knowledgeable. First stop on day eight was via Metro to the Memorial Museum of Cosmonautics. The first thing you see when you leave the underground is gobsmackingly stunning, a monument to the conquerors of space. It was erected on the 4th of October 1964 to celebrate the achievements of the Soviet people in space exploration. The imposing 107 metre high titanium clad structure features a rocket blasting into the atmosphere with an exhaust plume in its wake. It's truly magnificent and awe-inspiring. Below the monument is the museum, which opened its doors to the public on the 10th of April 1981, marking the 20th anniversary of the first manned space flight, undertaken by Yuri Gagarin on the 12th of April 1961. The museum has since undergone an extensive reconstruction, tripling its original size and adding new sections. We spent the best part of three hours there, immersing ourselves in the brilliantly conceived and laid out exhibition spaces that trace the evolution of Soviet space science. That includes the first man-made satellites, spacewalks, moon and solar system exploration programs and international space research initiatives. The Museum of Cosmonautics presents a combination of original objects and faithful models with a number of interactive exhibits. For instance, you can try manoeuvring objects in authentic space gloves, which are particularly cumbersome. It's an absolutely brilliant museum. Entry costs only 250 rubles or just over five Australian dollars with another 200 rubles payable if you'd like an audio guide. Although most of the exhibits feature descriptions in English as well as Russian. This is Travel First with Alex First. A few hundred metres away from the museum is a huge open area with a tall and beautiful ornamental arched gateway called VDNKH, which translates to Exhibition of Achievements of the National Economy. Within it are a series of a few dozen palatial pavilions, each unique, architectural gems, many of them, representing all the Soviet republics and various industries, one grander than the next. Within the confines of a large ice rink at VDNKH, we couldn't believe our eyes when we saw a helicopter, Soviet-era aircraft, and wait for it, even a rocket. VDNKH also boasts an oceanarium. 
You just have to visit this place. It's quite something. A couple of days ago, we took two brilliant walking tours with Moscow Free Tour. Their website is just that, moscowfreetour.com. At six o'clock today, we took another called the Alternative Moscow Tour, which, as its name suggests, takes you to some of the way out places, from graffiti and criminals to brothels and trams. You get a colourful picture of the way Moscow used to be through the descriptions and anecdotes from a guide. Ours was Irina Kostenko, and among the tales she wove, when we were outside the convent of St John the Baptist, which was built in the 1530s, was that of a serial killer. A Russian noblewoman and sadist named Daria Soltelkova, she made Jack the Ripper appear like a choir boy, and she was eventually imprisoned in that convent. Soltikova became notorious for torturing and murdering more than a hundred of her serfs or servants, mostly women and girls. Among the other little gems on our two-hour tour was the story of a Russian industrialist named Prokofi Demidov, who was an inveterate prankster. Just one such example is when he managed to convince a host of men to strip naked, be painted in white, and to act like statues, only to scare women senseless as they passed by. One of the monuments we passed that took my fancy was a contemporary tribute to Adam and Eve, with friendly serpent in tow and an apple nearby. If you're into something a little off the beaten track, then the alternative Moscow tour is for you. It costs 2,200 rubles per person. It's about 45 Australian dollars and 1,700 rubles for students. To find out more, go to moscowfreetour.com. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the full podcast at Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.